0: Oh, uh, a quick notice to start with to the lady who told me after my songs that it was the most upsetting, misogynistic and deeply offensive thing she'd ever witnessed. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that this is the second most upsetting, <laughs> misogynistic and deeply offensive thing I've ever met. Thank you for attending my lecture. As you know, medical school training is five years, and postgraduate training is a further five years, and even after that you won't have paid off your student loan, and you must be thinking, is there an easier way? Over the next half an hour, 35 minutes, I will teach you how to fob off, rip off, and strip off members of the general public. You can leave this lecture today and set up in private practice tomorrow, which is exactly what I did. Back in 2007, I was strolling the South Bank in London and I was stopped in my tracks by the sound of a young boy demand his father watch him as he ran repeatedly against a brick wall and predictably as he did this he sustained significant injury uh, in his head and um, with the need for attention in my mind and, and money indeed I, uh, I approached the father and assured him that I was a trained medical professional and willing to help and I insisted on being paid £100 claiming it was for insurance purposes and uh, he acquiesced to this slightly bizarre claim and uh, I proceeded, I had nothing on me but um, a small sachet of salt that I'd stolen from a fish and chip shop the previous (laughs) evening. And I remembered there was some sort of saying about salt and wounds and uh, (laughs) and applied applied the salt to his his wounds. There was was much uh, wailing and gnashing and gnarling and uh, I informed the father that meant that his son was cured. And I then had a moment of clarity that uh, I could uh, get money from the injured and sick with such ease. I I shouldn't be wasting my time as a concert pianist. And I decided to set up my my own medical practice, a surgery where for a handsome fee, any ailment could be discussed and lamented and then treated with improvised advice and placebo. (laughs) And and that's what I'll hopefully uh, teach you today. You may make notes. (laughs) The venue is key. The consultation room must be intimidating. You need to acquire the largest oak desk that you can raise your chair so that you're four inches higher than the patient. This will reassure them that they're seeing an expert. And they'll be less likely to ask you searching questions. You could consider cutting one of the legs of their chair slightly short so they're constantly rocking and feel like a fucking idiot. You should avoid putting up pictures drawn by children in the waiting room or in the surgery, as this will give you the appearance of a cock. (laughs) Instead, allow yourself one photograph framed of your attractive and fabricated family. (laughs) Don't forget to have a pen and paper on your desk, as the patients will assume that you need it. In the corner of your room, you will require an examination couch with stirrups. These can be obtained from any sex shop. <laughs> there are a couple of key bits of equipment you need to make. First of all, is the dialysis issue. You will need a needle and a length of plastic tubing from which to draw off the patient's blood. In the other arm, you need to place another needle and tubing to infuse the replacement fluid, the clean fluid of milk. <laughs> milk is the purest liquid known to man. <laughs> Ensure that you infuse one litre of milk for every 1.2 litres of blood, as blood is thicker than water but slightly thinner than milk. <laughs> Probably. You should inform the patients that their life expectancy on dialysis is very poor. <clears throat> the other item to construct is the scan machine. As you will see, the scan machine comprises of a washing machine cut in half and two lilacs. Please cut the washing machine in such a way that does not interfere with the spinning mechanism. As you will discover, washing machines are almost impossible to cut in half. Your attempt will look, at best, terrible, and you should therefore cover the whole shambles with papier-mâché, which will also disguise the join with the lilos. (laughs) To add realism, play a tape cassette of men hitting bin lids together. (laughs) You can tell the patient that they're having a CT scan or an MRI. It doesn't matter, they don't know the difference, and nor do you. (laughs) (laughs) And now we're ready to start seeing patients. Taking a history. This is the term used when you ask someone what they think is wrong with them, and they tell you what they think is wrong with them. A lot of patients have preformed ideas of their condition and what their treatment will entail. If this is the case, then a lot of your work is already done. (laughs) It is traditional to ask the patients if they have any allergies. Common allergies include cat hair, peanuts, and penicillin. Of these three, the most important one to listen for is Peanuts, as all of your medicines will be m and <laughs> The examination is a potentially demeaning exercise for the patient. So whilst it's ideal to have an air of superiority whilst examining, the patient should not feel that they have been defiled you should take their pulse at the wrist. If you do not feel one, don't panic. (laughs) Simply remind yourself that you have absolutely no medical training. (laughs) Now do the following. Say, ah, make sure you look down their throat when you do this. And then say, it looks a bit red down there. (laughs) It will be a bit red because it's the inside of their mouth which is a bit red. Okay, we're just going to go through some, some basics. Um, so uh, the stethoscope is used at various places. I'm just going to ask you for the expected sound. We'll, we'll, we'll start with the, with the VIP uh, row. So, so at the end, the heart makes what sound? That's correct, it's a lub-dub. Next, the lung. Yeah, that's good. There's a swoosh I was looking for. Next, the tummy goes... Gurgle, yes, that's quite right. Next, the leg... The leg makes no sound. <laughs> Next, the arm—no sound. Correct. You can teach, teach her. And uh, back a row, the penis makes no sound. And finally, the spleen. Makes no sound. Okay. It is not necessary to refill the patient's testicles and ask them to cough. This is only performed in school medicals when routine examination is, is combined with low-grade sexual abuse. Look for operative scars. I'm just going to run through now the basic common maladies one can one can expect to come across. <laughs> Firstly, yellow jaundice. Patients sometimes turn bright yellow. This is because of an excess of bile and is known as yellow jaundice. Bile is one of the four humours of the body <laughs> and is caused by sin. <laughs> Common sins, which which lead to the accumulation of bile, include alcohol abuse, heroin abuse, and intercourse with the indigenous sex workers of Thailand. (laughs) Simply advise your patient to cut down on whichever of the bile sins you have identified. (laughs) Anemia. Anemia is what it is called when the patient doesn't have enough blood. The only way to accurately gauge the degree of anemia is to bleed them dry and measure the extracted volume in a calibrated bowl. (laughs) Whilst this method is extremely accurate, for the patient, it is catastrophic and should never be performed. Instead, calculate the degree of anemia by guessing. A blood transfusion is the only cure. Blood transfusions in the wrong hands, by which I mean your hands, can be fatal, so it is essential that the patient receives blood of their own type. To ensure that this is the case, use blood obtained from a first-degree relative or partner. Some patients some patients will have no appropriate donor. It is therefore key to establish their blood group using the following questionnaire. You would describe yourself as happy-go-lucky and vivacious. You enjoy long romantic walks in the park. You have blood group A. Very well done. You are sour-faced and asinine. You are hugely unpopular at work. You have blood group B. Very good. You have previously had a major adverse reaction to a transfusion of blood groups A and or B. You have blood group Right. Blood can be administered either intravenously or orally. <laughs> if blood is given orally, you should expect only the smallest fraction to be absorbed into the circulation. The remainder will be excreted within tarry, black, foul smelling stool. The broken arm. This is usually caused by an attack from an angry swan. Although in children, can be caused by falling off of a swing or out of a tree. Children will request a plaster cast so that their friends can draw small penises on it. Plaster cast should be removed once there is no longer space for new penises. Urinary incontinence is the process by which the elderly wee into their clothes, despite around eight decades of experience in the proper use of toilet facilities. This should be considered a deliberate act of social disobedience. (laughs) Typically, the punishment for this disobedience is meted out by the patient's children, who sell their house and all of their stuff. (laughs) The patient is then relocated to a maximum security, Twilight Home. One of the functions of the kidney is the manufacture of small stones. These are known as kidney stones. Their usual passage is through the urethra and into the sewerage system via an armitage shanks. They are eventually swept into the tide and form shingle beaches. This is known as shingles. Angina is what it is called if someone has heart attacks all of the time. They should be advised to eat less salt or more salt, depending on how much salt they eat. Angina should not be confused with mangina, which is when a male person wedges his external genitalia between his legs to create the illusion that he is female. Unstable mangina occurs when the mangina is poorly constructed and the external genitalia are accidentally revealed. I'm <laughs> just going to run through some, uh, some uh, common ECG abnormalities. So I'm just going to, to start over here now. Um, so I'll just point to the, the first one. What's, what's this abnormality? Uh, that's a coffee stand correct on, uh, on the, the printout of the ECG. A slightly more difficult, next one along. What's that abnormality? That's in fact, that's in fact coffee spilt into the internal workings <laughs> of the ECG machine. Young men will frequently present with a punctured lung, having accidentally lain across some broken glass or an upside-down drawing pin. You should use a puncture repair kit. Firstly, immerse the patient in a vessel of water so as to locate the puncture site. Mark this with a piece of chalk and reseal the defect with a rubber patch provided. The patient must then hyperventilate to reinflate their lung tube. The full name of this condition is me, me, me. This was abbreviated in 1982 to simply M.E., The patient suffers with chronic fatigue, particularly from Monday to Friday between the hours of 9 a.m. and 5 p.m. Understandably, this has a considerable impact on their ability to work. The cause of ME is unclear, but it is definitely a proper medical condition. Patients with ME deserve to be referred to a proper, fully qualified physician. Do not interfere. If a patient has been deliberately poisoned, there was probably a jolly good reason for it. No smoke without fire. <laughs> so don't worry too much if the treatment fails. We're just going to quickly run through the common poisons and their antidotes. We're going to start with the gentleman in the short-sleeved shirt in the red there. So first one, strychnine. The antidote is? Very close. It's window Next. Carbon monoxide is uh, very good it 's uh, carbon dioxide. Uh, you need to get all, get rid of all the plants in the room essentially. next one down arsenic no it 's uh, actually large quantities of arsenic it it floods the arsenic receptors and uh, and lady next to you uh, mustard gas oh, very close it 's mayonnaise gas the um, The boiling point of mayonnaise is 8,000 degrees centigrade, and this can be difficult to produce in the domestic setting. And um, I'll help you out with the the last ones. Lead, mercury, mercury, lead. (laughs) A stroke, as you may already know, causes the patient to suffer a weakness down one side and presents when a family member finds them walking in circles. It is a sad day when a child has a stroke. This is known as a (laughs) mini-stroke. The other neurology condition, as mentioned just earlier, is dementia, and one asks a series of questions to establish this. What is your name? How old are you? Spell world backwards. (laughs) What is your pin number? and name these two objects. (laughs) If anyone's working out if they're demented, that's a biliary stent and the large hadron collider. Red eye. This is caused by toothpaste containing bicarbonate of soda being flicked into one's eye during over-hasty brushing. Inflammation sets in due to the alkaline property of the bicarbonate. Despite this, you should not administer acid to the patient's eye. (laughs) This can, in fact, make things worse. Next, blind eye. A single blind eye is usually caused by a kestrel attack. (laughs) The patient is left with no sense of visual perspective and should be warned of the danger of walking into the sea. Double blind eye is caused by eating cat feces. If you spot a patient with double-blind eye, give them a very wide berth. They eat cat feces. It's conventional medicine covered. The remarkable thing about homeopathy is you can describe exactly how it's supposed to work to people, and they still want to pay for it. Middle-aged, middle-class mothers with mild depression are your target audience. (laughs) Acupuncture is another remarkable concept. Knock some needles into the patient's skin using a tiny hammer with the intention of relieving pain. You can really go nuts with this one. Although never use it for the treatment of anal pain. I will cover the management of uncontrollable bleeding later in the session. Hypnotism is a powerful weapon in your armory. It relies on the suggestibility of simpletons who are tired. Wave a fob watch in front of their face until they are quite asleep. At this point, copy down the details on their bank cards, not forgetting the last three digits of the security code on the back As this is the sort of person who is prepared to be hypnotized by a stranger, they are unlikely to be the sort of person who checks their bank statements regularly. Should a patient die on your premises, you will find yourself in a very difficult situation. The blame for the death will most likely lie with you. Let's not pretend for a moment it's going to be a coincidence. Deal with the body. Okay, preheat the oven to 200 degrees and slice the patient thinly. Place the slices directly onto the top oven shelf and bake for four to six weeks. Transfer to a Tupperware container and then dispose of the ashy remains in the nearest body of water under cover of darkness. Wipe Tupperware container clean and repeat if necessary. We're nearing the end of the of the lecture today, and I just want to quickly run through the management of uncontrollable bleeding. If your patient is bleeding uncontrollable, you will need to panic like a ginger at a rugby club disco. But time is not on your side, so panic quickly and get it over and done with. Firstly, you need to assess assess the type of bleeding. Does it hail from an artery or a vein? If it is projectile and the blood is all hitting the ceiling, that's from an artery, put a finger in the hole and turn the patient upside down. If the bleeding is more smooth, seepy, room-filling-up-like-a-bath sort of thing, that's from a vein, Venus. Place a leather belt around the patient's waist and do it up relatively tight. If neither of these measures work, You will need to call it quits and, uh, and leave the country. As soon as someone brings the rosas in, you really need to cut and run, and you must set your premises alight. All that will remain will be half a washing machine and a melted water cooler. I... Uh, I think that's, uh, that's all we have uh, time for. I'm happy to take any questions whatsoever in writing. Um, I'd just uh, like to let you know that if any of you are from London, and uh, unlike uh, my friend from the first half, uh, liked those songs. I'm performing at the Leicester Square Theatre uh, all through December, and you can find that at amateurtransplants.com. Otherwise, I've very much enjoyed uh, being your guest. Thank you very much for having me. I've been Adam Kay. Good night.